Welcome back, everyone, to a, another edition of the OG Livewire. It's uh, almost halftime in the uh, Argentina-Croatia game, so I figure some people are going to be tuning in. Uh, looks like Argentina is going to win this one, but uh, got more important things to do. Uh, if the, you're listening to this one, it means you are still playing uh, in the playoffs and your league did not lock. So, you know, shout out to my FFPC, NFFC, FFWC people. Uh, your waivers uh, most likely are locked now. Uh, dynasty formats are going to keep going, so hopefully this can help you out as well. Um, but, you know, excited to be here again. Week 15, we're almost at the end here. Uh, looking forward to today. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. So good to be back. Uh, we've had a couple couple of days off in the district. Uh, this week's actually going to be really, really fun. We have two Dynasty-focused shows uh, tomorrow night and also on Friday, which should be a really, really good one. But we got to get to the playoffs here. You're in the playoffs now if you're listening to this podcast. I don't think anybody who missed the playoffs is going to sit around and listen to a waiver wire podcast. Uh, this was a tough year in terms of injuries. I know I had some teams that would have done a lot better if I didn't lose guys like Brees Hall, Cooper Cup, Javante Williams, uh, and especially those Jamar Chase missing weeks. Those those weeks really hurt me, uh, especially when you see you know the the level he's playing at when he went down to injury, and also you know what he's doing last night. Uh, excuse me on Sunday. So Jamar Chase looks like, to me, kind of like the, the sneaky league winner right now. And I know it says sneaky because, you know, obviously he was a first-round draft pick. It's hard to be a sneaky guy there. But in terms of he might be the league winner because in the FFPC, NFFC, FFWC formats with the locked waiver wire format, there's not going to be as many Jamar Chase teams. So I think those teams are very dangerous right now, especially when you factor in T. Higgins has been banged up. Looks like Tyler Boyd's going to miss uh, a couple of weeks here, and Hayden Hurst is injured. So Jamar Chase could see like a like the highest uh, target uh, percentage of his career. Like his target share could be thirty percent for the next few weeks plus, um, with with a chance at like some thirty five percent weeks. It's going to be absolute Jamar Chase smash time. I would not want to go up against Jamar Chase team. Put him right up there with like the Justin Jefferson teams, the Stephon Diggs teams the teams you really, really don't want to see right now in the playoffs. Um, shout out to the uh, to the chat, 19-12 uh, in, in, the, in the chat. So my teams are, are a mixed bag right now, 19-12. Um, I had uh, 
two really tough losses. Dan Williamson and I had a uh, main event that we lost, uh, and that was a tough one. I also had one. Basically, if Ramondre Stevenson would have stayed healthy, I, I would have done a little better. I have a couple of teams that are still live right now that are looking pretty good. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll you know kind of follow up on them at next week to kind of give a, a recap. And actually did pretty well in some of the higher stakes dynasty formats that we play in. Uh, I had a couple of two seeds in some higher higher money dynasty formats. So we're on to the playoffs this week. Um, I would say overall it's not as good a season for me as last year. Last year was very profitable, um, but it was still an okay season with uh, you know a couple of a couple of teams left that could turn it into a good one. But definitely won't be as profitable as last year. But not every season can be a, a smash. I think that's that it won't really change the way I'm drafting per se. Uh, you can't really cap injuries unless you're drafting a guy who's you know recently coming off an injury or something like that. Like you can kind of limit your risk there. But in terms of some of the injuries we saw this year, it was just it was just very unfortunate. The Brees Hall one that was probably the most depressing one because I feel like he was on his way. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, this this week is interesting. So I think that if you've got to take a step back and look at your roster, if you're in a league that's still adding players, your roster does not have to look like it did, you know, in the weeks that got you to the playoffs. Depth should be treated differently right now than it was, you know, for, for many weeks. For many weeks, we had to deal with things like bye weeks. Uh, we had to deal with with guys, you know, potentially gaining roles. Roles are as pretty established right now, besides injuries. There's a few guys like a Jamison Williams who who could see an outsized role um, based on things besides injuries, where they try to like give him a little more work. Um, Desmond Ritter and Superflex, guys like that. But for the most part, I think that you've got to take a step back and look at your roster. You are now playing against less teams on the waiver wire. Uh, your lineup needs to be very, very strong in every single spot. The defense and kickers matter more to me in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. I feel like there's a real edge to be had by looking ahead and trying to roster the kickers, or excuse me, the defenses that have advantageous matchups. The you simply need to look back at the Cleveland Houston game to see what a defense in the smash spot can do in terms of tilting a fantasy week. They had 30 points in, in, in multiple formats it was just crazy. They tilted weeks. And I think that you not only want to prevent your opponent from having a, a defense in a great spot, but you also want to give yourself defensive options in case there's something like an injury. So in my article this week, uh, on player profiler, which I've basically kind of used as my notes for this podcast every week. I went really, really in depth to the defense. This, this podcast, I, I usually go extremely deep in terms of the percentage of players we're going to talk about. I'll talk about some guys that no other waiver wire podcast would talk about uh, because, you know, I was assuming that we're dealing with, you know, a lot of players who play in deep formats and a lot of players who play in high stakes formats. So we needed to talk about, you know, those, those guys that, you know, would be like your 20th, 19th guy on your roster in a home league or, or, you know, even the leagues that are still playing right now, I think you can kind of adjust that. You don't need bi-week fill-ins. Say that again. You do not need bi-week fill-ins. The guys like Mac Hollins, the guys like Michael Carter, 
these kind of guys are not guys that are going to go into your lineup in a fantasy playoff game. Uh, but I hope they are not going to your lineup in a fantasy playoff game. Let me preface that. So I want to fill my bench with handcuffed running backs because these guys could gain a huge role uh, a week from now. And also they're, they're easy to cut um, if it doesn't happen and, and just simply add another one. And I want to have multiple defenses as square as that sounds in the playoffs, those micro edges really make a difference. If I'm a team with a buy right now, I'm especially looking to do that. I have, if I'm a one or two seed and I was fortunate to get a one seed and a two seed in my two home leagues, um, you know, humble brag, of course, but I'm basically going to look at my roster and I'm going to kind of try to trim some dead weight. I still am going to roster two quarterbacks in one league because I have a Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence team. It's a fairly deep uh, format. Uh, There's no reason for me to cut Trevor Lawrence. He's playing fantastic. Um, I might even start him over Dak, uh, you know, in a week or so. But I'm going to go ahead and trim some of the guys that I basically would not start. Um, I'm going to look to add a few handcuffed running backs. I think that's the best way for me to treat my bench. And again, those defenses. Now, the defenses that are kind of premium defenses, you know, if you have Dallas, Buffalo, New England, we saw New England last night. I mean, that's a buzzsaw. Dan Williamson and I lost to uh, Bitman Dell in an FFPC final uh, where he lost for Andre Stevenson and he still beat us because the Patriots put up an absolute ridiculous fantasy score. So we finished second in that one. Uh, but if you have New England, San Francisco, Philadelphia, uh, or Baltimore, you're most likely starting them um, in most weeks. And even if I have one of those teams, I still want to add some of the defenses we're going to talk about. I think that rostering two defenses is fine. If your roster is in just fantastic shape, depending on your roster constraints, you could you could roster three. Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City uh, let up a few points against Denver, but they also had a defensive touchdown. They're a locked and loaded team. Uh, if you look at like the scoring for the season, uh, they're not as impressive, but they have Houston this week, absolute layup smash spot. They have Seattle, which is a little bit tricky of a spot, but a game where their defense is still going to be able to put pressure on Geno Smith and the Seattle offense to keep up, which could lead to turnovers. And then Denver in week 17, which is just the nuts spot especially where Denver played them really tough in Denver. Sometimes that revenge matchup in Kansas City could just be an absolute beatdown. Um, I'll say that the New York Jets are like that borderline, you know, top-notch defense. They're a really good defense. I think if you're ranking defenses, you have them like somewhere between like six and eight. Um, and they happen to have been cut by Buffalo uh, what this week because they played Buffalo. Uh, they have a playable fantasy schedule with Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. So they're an interesting team. Uh, there's a couple of options here for this week if you don't have any of those teams. Or if you're looking to grab another defense kind of block your opponent this week, maybe I have 12 bucks left. My opponent has 11. He might be looking to add a couple of their positions. So I might throw like a $5 or $6 bid on one of these defense just to block him. And it's kind of like a pick your poison here. Washington is probably my favorite uh, of like the streaming defenses this week. They're coming off of a bye week. We've seen that New York Giants offense really struggle. And Washington just sacked Daniel Jones uh, four times when they played in week 13. So I think that's a really good spot. Green Bay's defense hasn't done a whole lot this year, but they they face Baker Mayfield. I think like the, the Baker Mayfield goodwill tour might end really uh, abruptly. 
Uh, he jumped off the plane, hopped in, and you know he he had a very very good end of the game in that wild Thursday game. But I could just see Green Bay coming off a bye, just demolish him, uh, and turn him over a little bit. They're very limited in their weapons right now in Los Angeles. Uh, then I'm also looking at the New Orleans Saints. They're coming off of a bye. They played Desmond Ritter in his first start. I like Desmond Ritter, but a rookie in their first game, things can sometimes go poorly. Uh, so if you want to kind of play that. And then the game I would really target, Carolina has been on an absolute tear. Um, Carolina, the last four weeks, has been a sack machine. They've been turning people over. They've been having low, uh, low scores allowed. Uh, pretty much everything you can ask for in terms of a defense uh, they play Pittsburgh. So you could just blindly start either defense. And I think you're going to end up with like a top 10 play defensively this week with percentage, with a uh, potential for uh, absolute smash game. Carolina would be my preferred defense, but Pittsburgh is perfectly fine to use. Um, the, that's a game that kind of feels like it's going to be a really low scoring one. Uh, it could be like a really, really good matchup for our fantasy purposes. The Pittsburgh defense against Sam Darnold, uh, I mean, I think that could end up working out great. But that Carolina defense is just, they've drafted well defensively over the last few years, and you're starting to really see it. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're turning people over. Uh, they're they're a fierce defense. Um, and I think that that's kind of, people remember the Cincinnati beatdown where Cincinnati hung 40 on them. But if you look after that game, it's been nothing but good things for Carolina. So those would be kind of the defenses I'd be looking at. And then in terms of week 16, oh, and I, I forgot uh, kind of another low-hanging fruit. Monitor the Tyler Huntley injury. If Tyler Huntley misses this week, Baltimore will be down to their third-string quarterback against Cleveland. So we've seen the, that Cleveland uh, defense feast um, against Kyle Allen when they went up against him. So for them to go up against a third-string QB this week, it would be like Anthony Brown. It's uh, going to be a really, really uh, ugly uh, potential game for Baltimore. So Cleveland will be another one. And then in terms of some stashes, I think Tennessee is a team you want to stash. The Jets we talked about, they're like a borderline elite defense. They have a, a home game week 16 against Jacksonville. Jacksonville just put 40 on the board this past weekend. However, I, I think that that game in New York, it could be a little cold. Jets are playing for their playoff spot. That's like a really good spot um, for the Jets. Week uh, 16, you also have Minnesota hosting the Giants. Just like I talked about with Washington's uh, defense, you know, fading that Giants team right now kind of makes a little bit of sense. Uh, they're really struggling. We saw Philadelphia absolutely be beat the hell out of them, and I think you could see something like that in the Minnesota game. And then a week 17 stashes, Jacksonville plays Houston. We don't even need to talk about it. Houston is in a terrible spot. Then you have the Steelers again. They play the Ravens. Um, we just saw a 16-14 game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So I would have guessed that it's going to be another low-scoring game. No matter who the quarterback is for Baltimore, it'll be probably a low-scoring game in Week 17. Uh, and then that's basically it for the defenses. I hope that helped you out a little bit. Um, defensive matchups can be boring, but it can be very, very effective. Uh, Shout-out to the chat. The chat is lit. Yeah, good call, Aaron Waldo, on the Chargers defense. Uh, we just saw them give Miami a lot of problems. Um, they play the Rams uh, in that L.A. Bowl um, in Week 17. That's a great call by Aaron Waldo in the chat. Um, Shout-out to Randy Miller. Shout-out to 1912. Shout-out to Jessel Jones. Jessel Jones has Tennessee defense for Week 16 and Washington for Week 17. But I'm looking to pick up the Chargers for Week 17 instead. 
I probably would would fade Baker Mayfield and the Rams and probably go with the Chargers on that one. But depending on your roster constraints, I would try to I would try to roster both of them if you could and just make that decision later on. Again, your your team is only competing with six other teams. So you're also going to not be playing bad teams anymore. In theory, I know like in most of my my playoffs that are for home leagues, like five really good teams and then like usually one like okay team gets in. So a week from now, you're only going to be competing with three other teams if you have a bye or if you get by this week. So I would take an optimistic approach with my bench. Uh, I want to have handcuff running backs and I want to have defenses and then maybe like a player or two I could pivot to like a, you know, if, I, if you're, you're holding like a guy like Jahan Dotson, um, you know, somebody like that, which, you know, if you had to, you'd throw him in there, you wouldn't feel gross about it. He's got a little bit of an upside. Like one of one of those guys would be okay. I don't want to hold like Jahan Dotson and a bunch of other wide receiver threes right now. It just, it's, it's tough to stomach dropping a guy who's couldn't give you like double digit points, but I want to make sure that I'm maximizing my starting lineup when it comes to playoff time. Uh, I think that's just kind of the best way to do it. I want to be optimistic that my players are not going to get injured. Um, I think that if you're kind of playing it safe and trying to play guys that are floor plays uh, and that sort of thing, it can really haunt you in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so just talking about this week, we're going to talk about a little bit of less guys than we usually do. Uh, our threshold um, in my article for Player Profiler and, and on this podcast all year has been 25% or less uh, rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, DJ Shark is kind of above that. He's now had two really good weeks in a row. Um, he scored this past week. The Detroit offense is doing very well. Um, he's a guy that I would I would look to add if he's still available in your league. Elijah Moore is finally happening he had uh, a role this week where he saw 12 targets, which is kind of like what we thought would happen in the preseason when it came to Elijah Moore. That was obviously didn't happen, um, but but he's he's a guy that we should we should add if he's out there. Um, I think that he would be a locked in wide receiver three, and he would be a wide receiver three with like immense upside because you've seen his explosiveness. He had a touchdown from Mike White against the Bears two weeks ago. Uh, I think that Elijah Moore. It's not like if you listen to the Goat District. Elijah Moore is not a guy that I need to like convince you on his talent. This year was kind of a situation thing. So I think Elijah Moore could gain some goodwill in these fantasy playoffs um, and kind of pick up steam for the offseason. Um, his trajectory could be kind of like Brandon Ayuk uh, in a sense where he lost some value and then he gained it back. Um, I do believe in his talent. So those would be guys I'd be looking to add. Guys who I think will be available to you. The only quarterback I want to talk about is Mike White. Mike White is now uh, thrown for... 365 yards, 317 yards, and this past week, 268 against Buffalo on the road. Buffalo on the road is about as hard a matchup as any quarterback is going to face, um, and Mike White did not fall flat on his face in terms of yardage. He has weapons. The offense has a, a great fantasy playoff schedule. Uh, they they play Seattle in the important Week 17. Um, you know, they're, they're just – they play Jacksonville – there's games that you could see Mike White and the Jets really, really putting a number on people. So if I needed a quarterback and I was still streaming, you know, I, potentially, you know, you've been a streamer. Uh, Mike White would be a guy I want to have. If I'm not comfortable with my starting quarterback, I'd also want to have Mike White so I could pivot in some of, some of those big matchups. In terms of running backs, two running backs who are kind of very under-rostered, under under-owned in Yahoo formats – 
are Jordan Mason and Josh Kelly, who happen to be behind what are probably the two best fantasy running backs right now in say in uh, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. So Jordan Mason and Josh Kelly are the kind of guys I'd want to have on my bench. Um, and then both of those guys, I think it's pretty clear that they'd be the next man in. Um, and even if they were uh, only used for one week, I think they'd both be like running back twos uh, with upside. Other handcuff running backs should be filling up our, our, our benches. Who's available for the, for the handcuff running backs. Um, that's different in every single league. Uh, you know, the only note I would make would be the injury to Dontrell Hilliard um, makes Hassan Haskins most likely Derrick Henry's uh, handcuff. So H- Hilliard's a guy that we've talked about in the Go District a lot as like an upside handcuff. It's going to be Haskins, especially this week, if you're looking to roster that one. Now, some running backs who are uh, you know playing, uh, I don't really want to invest in the Houston backfield. Damian Pierce um, was banged up. I'm not sure how, what to the extent. Um, but that's not a backfield that I really, really want to go for. Uh, they actually got rid of, you know, Benjamin today. It's uh, Dari, Ogunbowale, uh, Rex Burkhead. I just, I don't want to have a, a part of that Houston running back uh, uh, core. I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, starting one myself, so I'm not going to recommend you pick one up. One running back that I would want you to pick up is uh, Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard uh, had, we talked about him last week as a guy that I thought could see his role increase with Carolina coming off of the bye week. And he did see an uptick. So he had over 65 yards rushing before the bye, which was the season high. And he had uh, an even better rushing game with 74 yards and a touchdown this past week. Carolina is running the ball a ton. DJ Moore is now banged up. They're going to keep leaning on Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Like I think Chuba Hubbard, you can be treated as like an RB three with a little bit of upside. If you were in a tremendous jam, you know, you could expect him to touch the ball 15 times, especially in the games that they're like neutral environments, like the Pittsburgh game, where you know it's going to be a close game. They're going to continue to lean on their running backs. Chuba Hubbard has a little bit of juice. Um, you know, he's a guy we've liked in the GOAT district, partly because he's Canadian and JD is also Canadian. But uh, Chuba Hubbard is a guy we like. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable starting him. But if I was in a jam, I do think that he has a little bit of upside. Now, I have to talk about the New England situation. It's kind of a mess. Ramondre Stevenson, again, that one really hurt. It cost me money uh, for him to miss last night. He's had such a great game. He's uh, such a great season. Third in the league um, among all running backs and receptions. And he goes down on the Monday Night Football where so many people needed points out of him. It's just It was a very, very tough one. However, we need to adjust. Pierre Strong looked like the better running back to me uh, compared to Kelvin Harris. I think that Pierre Strong is very good. He's explosive. He's got pass-catching ability. We need to also take a look at the Damian Harris uh, injury because if Damian Harris comes back and Ramondre Stevenson is out, then I think all bets are off. I think you can't really try to, to get around on it. I think it would be like some big split. However, if Stevenson is out and Harris is out, Pierre Strong becomes very interesting this week. Um, Harris also is interesting. Harris looks really explosive too. Both those guys can play. Um, I would worry about a split backfield, but I do think Pierre Strong can can catch the football, which makes him a little more appealing for me. Uh, Harris also can catch the ball. I mean, it's just, it could be very annoying, but he sure looked good last night um, when he was cut. Those guys were kind of like thrust into it. Uh, They both look good. So that's one to, to just to monitor. 
Um, I wish we had the practice report from today for New England to see who's participating, but um, I imagine they're, they're actually probably off because of Monday Night Football. But I think tomorrow would be the day. So if you want to invest in that backfield, rostering both is not the worst call um, of Harris and also uh, Strong. The other guy is Travis Homer, which I talked about last week, and I recommended him. I did a tweet where um, I recommended DJ Shark, uh, Chega Conquo, and then Travis Homer as like the emergency starts this weekend. Two out of three had really good games, and Homer actually had really, really good usage. Uh, if you look at terms of like routes run, in terms of snaps, Travis Homer was way up there. Like the, the playing time was there for him to have a good week, but he completely fell on his face. If Ken Walker misses again this week um, with Seattle playing San Francisco, I could see Homer like stepping up in production because I think there'll be more opportunities for him um, to, to see work in the passing game potentially. So Homer is not a guy that I want you to cut. Um, we want to monitor this Ken Walker situation. And also, even if you if you have Ken Walker and somebody cuts um, Homer, I would look to actively add him because I do think he is the handcuff there. Um, you know, especially based on what we saw last week. Wide receiver-wise, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams finally had a touchdown. It was a busted coverage, but it was a 41-yard touchdown. He saw his routes run and his snaps go way up. Um, not to the point that you can play him, but it's like a, a steady drip where Jamison Williams, all he needs to do is take away Josh Reynolds or even DJ Shark's uh, routes run and snaps played. If he can just cut into one of those guys significantly, I think there's a scenario where next week we're talking about putting Jamison Williams um, in our starting lineups. It probably doesn't happen this year, but I'd rather have him on my bench than, again, a guy like a Mac Hollins, um, a Michael Carter, these kind of floor plays that I never really want to start in the playoffs. So uh, Jamison Williams would be definitely one uh, that I would want to add. Let's talk about the Houston wide receivers. Chris Moore. Filled in very well. Chris Moore actually helped some people. I know, especially in the NFFC, FFWC, uh, Chris Moore was used. It's a wide receiver heavy format. Uh, Chris Moore, he benefited greatly from, you know, no Brandon Cooks and no Nico Collins. But to his credit, uh, he's a veteran wide receiver who's done well with his opportunity. But I do want to keep an eye on Nico Collins as well. Because if Nico Collins comes back, one of those two guys could have a very good game this week against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to, in my opinion, demolish Houston, but the game flow should should uh, set up nicely for a Houston wide receiver to have, you know, 10 to 12 targets. Um, so those guys are are ones that I want to take a look at. Nico Collins, if he's there with Chris Moore, I'd probably prefer Nico Collins because we have seen Collins have uh, a, a target totals of 10, 7, 9, and 10 in his last four games out there. But if Collins is missing then I think Chris Moore is playable this week based on there's no one else for, for Houston to pass to. Um, I expected a little more of a split with, with Dorsett and Moore, but it's more, more is the play. Um, but again, I like Nico Collins. So we're kind of dumpster diving with, with that Houston uh, situation. Um, but it's, it's one I could, uh, I could definitely see there being some, a little bit of juice this week because of the matchup uh, getting back to the, Getting back to the chat, uh, Matt Leahy, do you like Bam Knight for the structure? I love Bam Knight. I think Bam Knight is a running back two moving forward. However, you, I don't usually talk about guys that are rostered uh, that highly in these Yahoo leagues. I'm assuming that the Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, is rostered in, in pretty much every single league by now, but it's not even close. Like 
he's kind of dusted Michael Carter. There's no argument. It's it's Bam Knight. He's the running back to start the rest of the season if you're going to start a Jets running back. He's a borderline RB2. He's got a ton of juice when he runs right now. Um, he looks very, very good. Um, shout out again to um, Randy Miller. Start the Chiefs for Houston. Yeah, 100%. I'm starting the Chiefs uh, against Houston. I think it's a smash spot. Um, shout out to Randy Miller. Pick two um, in .5 PPR leagues. Uh, Travis Etienne, who's playing Dallas. Alvin Kamara, who's playing Atlanta. Williams versus Tennessee. Watson playing the Rams. Christian Watson, Chris Godwin. That's a tough one. It's it's uh, Travis Etienne would be one that I kind of rule out. Despite um, Damian Pierce having a, a, a decent game, he had like 22 carries. I think that's hard to bank on. It's hard for me not to start Alvin Kamara against at home against Atlanta. So I'm going to throw Kamara out there. And then, gosh, this is tough. This is a really tough one. Chris Godwin versus Christian Watson is a difficult one. It's kind of like a floor ceiling one. I think they're both wide receiver twos. I would have them both ahead of Mike Williams, though. So I think it would be Alvin Kamara for me. And I think it would be... I think it would be Christian... If I'm a favorite, it might be Chris Godwin. If I'm an underdog, I think I'm going Christian Watson. Um, that's a good one. Uh, shout out to Aaron Waldo. Bam is a great in, in a great position to blow up. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Leahy. Yeah, I was referring to starting him in my home league playoffs versus other various RB2 flex spots. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure what your options are, but I'll, I think Bam Knight would be like around running back 20 for me for the rest of the season. I think he's he looks that good. Um, he's kind of passing every test, and he's passed the usage test. We saw him next to Michael Carter, and again, he dusted him. So uh, the Jets the Jets offense is setting up for a nice end of the season. Uh, we talked about Mike White, and um, yeah, I think you should feel good about him, Matt. Um, getting back to the waivers, uh, Jahan Dotson would be one um, that we would want to roster. Again, I added him in one home league last week where some people didn't want to have him because he was on a bye week. But we just saw him come off of a nine-target game against the Giants. He plays the Giants again this week. He had five catches, um, and he also has had five touchdown receptions this year. So he's like a low-end wide receiver three for me with upside. He's the kind of guy that I would want to have on my team. In deeper formats – I'm I'm a little interested in in Tutu Atwell uh, because I think Tutu Atwell had a big role. Um, not quite sure, not quite sure um, if it's going to be sustained. But they're like manufacturing touches for him, and you saw his connection with Baker Mayfield. Um, Tutu Atwell is one of the fastest players in the NFL. He also benefits from the fact that they're using him in the slot all the time. So if they're going to manufacture touches for him. And Baker's going to target him. Like he had a 25% target share. So it seems like a square thing to recommend Tutu Atwell. I mean, the guy's like 140 pounds. Um, he seems like a specialist type player when you'd never use, but he looked really good to me the other night on Thursday night. And I think it's interesting to see if he uh, maintains this target share moving forward. So he would be more appealing to me than like Van Jefferson or, or, or Soronic right now. Um, I think like Tutu has the potential to be like a, um, to maintain this target share. I think he's super interesting. So I, he's one I'd want to keep on my bench for a week just to kind of see where this goes. And then tight end wise, it's a very short list. 
Tyler Conklin is not putting up the yards, but he has 15 targets over his past two weeks. <clears throat> um, so again, he's he's his his production is not there, but the usage is there, and we really really like the Jets' schedule. So of the not under rostered tight ends, uh, it's Tyler Conklin. It doesn't take a whole lot right now to be a usable tight end, like eight points in PPR, ten points in PPR, and you're a usable tight end. So it's really really ugly out there in the tight end streets. So these guys that are getting targeted, we cannot uh, ignore. Uh, Austin Hooper. If Traylon Burks misses another week, which I don't think he will, I think Traylon Burks will be back this week. But if Traylon misses this week, you know, Austin Hooper is kind of like the floor play for the Tennessee tight ends. The ceiling uh, play is Chig Aconquo. And if you're a dynasty player, like you play FFPC dynasty leagues and your waivers are still going, I would really, really try to add Aconquo because I feel like he's going to like kind of blow up this summer. I think like when we're, and when I say blow up, it's kind of a blow up to my tight end premium people. He's the kind of guy where I could see like having a lot of like juice all summer long. And all of a sudden we start drafting in August and September and he's like tight end 15 in ADP. So to get a chance to add him, um, I think he could be like a guy all summer long that you might be able to get like a future second for, even if you don't want him based on the scarcity of the position and based on his profile, he's a four, five, two forty guy. Um, he fell in the draft a little bit cause he's, he's had some injuries at Maryland. Um, I think he had missed, missed um, some time off the field with, uh, I think he had like, like a myocarditis or something like random like that. Don't quote me on that, but it was something where it wasn't like a direct injury. It was something that, that made him sit out and he fell to the fourth round. But in terms of his athletic profile, He's more like a day two guy, and it certainly showed this past week. He had career highs and catches with six and targets with six. He caught a touchdown, um, and he also caught a two-point conversion. He has 16 targets over his last three games um, after kind of being used sparingly to start the year. So, like, if you take a step back and you look at the Titans, to me, the Titans are, like, a more dangerous playoff team if Traylon Burks and, and Chig are both being utilized because both those guys are young guys that have explosiveness and kind of, uh, you know, they they definitely complement uh, a Derrick Henry-led offense. The Titans are going to have to play keep up with teams in the playoffs. So um, it all starts now down the stretch run. They they need guys to be playmakers. Um, Chig was bailed out by those scores, but, you know, he still scored them. He got a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Uh, that matters. Um, he's a very, very good athlete, and he's a kind of an ascending talent at the tight end position. Um Shout out to 1912. Three to five names that you that could have a playoff run that people don't know about. That's definitely uh, an interesting one. I mean, I think that the it's the handcuff running backs. If if guys get a if guys get a an opportunity, like you look at like some certain guys like a like a deep 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 stash. Like I'll look at the New York backfield where Saquon Barkley I think is really banged up. I think there's a chance that he misses a game. A guy like Gary Brightwell might end up being like a 15 uh, to 18 touch guy one game late in the season. There's always somebody random in, in week 17 um, that gets like an outsized role. So you've really got to just be paying attention to the practice reports. There's a tremendous amount of attrition. Uh, it's, it's just uh, it's choppy times right now. When guys start getting hurt and their teams are non-playoff teams, they sometimes will shut them down. And when you're a lock in, locked-in playoff team, 
teams will sometimes look to, you know, get you fresh for the playoffs. So it's kind of like a perfect storm for random guys getting usage. So those would be kind of guys I'd be looking at. Um, again, I think Traylon Burks is really, really appealing if he comes back. We saw him have that touchdown catch and then get concussed. I think as soon as he comes back, I think he could see like a plus 20% target share every week with potential 25% target share. And I think he could end up uh, helping people a lot as like a wide receiver three or a flex in their lineups. Um, I really appreciate you guys turning in. Uh, we only have a couple more weeks left. Uh, congratulations on making the playoffs. Uh, this was a difficult season. Um, and I hope you guys all run pure. Tune in uh, tomorrow night. We'll be with uh, Memphis uh, from the DWZ War, War Zone. Uh, Randy is one of the sharpest uh, guys uh, in terms of dynasty that I listen to. Um, he's been on the Go District a number of times. And then on Friday, I'll be sitting down with Dan and Anthony Amico of Establish the Run. Uh, Anthony Amico is Establish the Run's dynasty guy, very sharp guy as well. So we're going to have two dynasty focused shows. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to look at potential dynasty startup ADP. We're going to uh, kind of reset the dynasty landscape, look at some guys that are buys, look at some guys that are sells, kind of get ourselves focused um, and pivot a little bit this week. Then next week, we'll be back with another high stakes show. Billy Muzio is coming back uh, actually on this show. Billy's going to be joining me next week during the day um, for a live wire where we're going to talk about ADP for 2023 uh, from an FFWC perspective, which is a wide receiver heavy format. And then Chris Eibel and Billy Wazowski, two NFFC Hall of Famers, will be joining us for another high stakes roundtable next week when we're going to look to set 2023 ADP uh, from an NFFC perspective. So we're loading up the shows. Um, and then as a look, look ahead two weeks from now, uh, Chad Schroeder will be back in the GOAT district. Uh, probably the most successful fantasy football player ever uh, will be returning to the GOAT district for another high-stakes show. So we've got some dynasty-focused uh, shows. We've got some high-stakes-focused shows. And we really just want to help you uh, close out this year and win your league and also get ready for next year. And we're going to crush it again next year. Uh, have a great night, guys. And uh, thanks for tuning in.